Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. Well, we welcome today on our podcast, Diane Lee. And uh, let me just begin by just saying welcome to you from all the way to South Dakota is where you live. Is that right? That is correct. Northeastern South Dakota. So thank you. It's um, good to be here. Well, let me tell a little bit more about Diane. And uh, she's been at a place I've never been to either North or South Dakota, just to be very clear. So, you, you know, you're in, you're in territory I've never been, but she grew up in a farm on Northeastern South Dakota, lived in Aberdeen, South Dakota for over 30 years, was employed as a medical social worker until she retired a few years ago. Uh, she and her husband, Jeff, have three now adult children and four grandkids. Those are exciting. You like, you like your grandkids, I'm sure, right? And this is great. There's a reason they're <laughs> on a parent. <laughs> uh, and a little bit more about her. She is involved, has been involved in mentoring young women in her community, offering these women encouragement, support, and counsel based on biblical principles Eight years ago, she followed God's prompting to gather a group of women from different area churches for prayer in her community, resulting in founding what she calls Women at the Well. I like that. A prayer group that continues to meet weekly for prayer and has actually hosted two interdenominational community women's events. That's neat. And she facilitates weekly prayer via Zoom with another group of women and leads basic Uh, Bible Basics Women's Bible Study, encouraging those previously unfamiliar with God's Word to build a deeper relationship with God by digging into His Word. That's so good. But I really like uh, this last sentence here. Her heart's desire is to draw close to God and to inspire other women to be all in with God. I love that. How, How did you in, in your own life, what, what led you to want yourself to be all in with God, Diane, and obviously then to pass that on to others? What, what could you explain? What, what process led you to the point where you are right now, where you just have this hunger for God to be your everything and, and to encourage others to do the same? You know, I honestly just have to completely give credit to the Holy Spirit. It's just been a journey. Um, Certainly some challenging, very, very difficult seasons of my life have drawn me closer as with so many of us have that story. Um, Spending more and more time in the word and prayer, as you get to know Jesus better, you just want to know him better. And so that keeps growing and building over time. Definitely um, a turning point again was when we began to meet with these women. And again, that was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. That was not my idea, but I felt prompted. In fact, I was contacting women I hardly knew, but their names had been laid on my heart. We kind of knew who each other was in the community, but that was about it. And that time of coming together and growing and encouraging one another and 
learning from one another, walking with one another. In eight years, you can imagine there have been some life things that have happened in all of our lives. And it's just been a beautiful picture of gradual, gradual growth um, over time. And also just the Holy Spirit developing more and more of a love for the church, for those around us. Um, yeah, it's That's great. That's I can't great. even, it's, it, it was the Lord doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I commend you. I mean, you know, the, the Holy Spirit can prompt us, but then we have to take that, I call it the bloody first step of obedience. He, he doesn't pick us up and force us to take that step. And obviously you did that. You took that step. And now once we take that first step, it's been my experience that then he empowers us to take the next step and the next step and leads us and so on. But but he really requires that we respond to his invitation, doesn't he? To get out of the boat, you might say, right? I think one of the most interesting moments was, I mean, this, this group of women I've prayed with for eight years have been such a blessing. And there was one day in prayer where I just asked the Lord, like, how, why did I get to be part of this? Like, this has been such a blessing. And his answer to me was, you were willing to show up. That's it. I love it, that. I love uh, that moment then too because I mean it was it was how many times have I not shown up how many times have I been prompted and what did I miss out on because this I can't even describe what this has been for me in the last eight years and that was all that was his only answer to me was you were just willing to show up so you got to be part of this so yeah a reminder to show up (laughs) when he asks yeah you mentioned uh, earlier in your comments just you know some of the even the pain in life. And, you know, the reality, the sad reality is that when things are going well, it's very tempting to say, well, everything's fine. I don't need to make changes. But, you know, could read the Apostle Paul and others. It was pain that ultimately resulted in growth. And again, I I wish it weren't that way, but I, I, I can spend, I could spend time talking too about pain in my life that, oh, Lord, why are you doing this? And yet he says, I love you because I love you and I love you. And because I want you to grow more godly. So you've had pain in your life, apparently, that has been part of the, the motivator to, to grow closer to him. Is that true? Absolutely. And I think every time I've been faced with a new thing, that's the question. Like, what are you? question from the Lord to me is, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to let it draw you closer to me? Or is this Mm. going to push you away? And every time we have to make a decision, an active decision to allow him then to do his work in that and to receive it from him, even the hard things. Yeah. Um, And that's a challenge. It is. It's it's tempting to say, God, I thought you loved me, you know, Mm. and I, I just so thankful that second Corinthians chapter 12, is in the Bible, where Paul uh, is to to keep him from becoming conceited for what he had just learned from God. Um, There was given him a thorn in the flesh, and then it goes on to say a messenger from Satan to torment him. And here the guy that wrote so much of the New Testament pleads with the Lord three times, Mm -hmm. take it away. God says, no. My grace is sufficient. So Paul can say, okay, if you're going to treat me that way, I'm not, no. He says, all right, 
and I'm going to glory in my, you know, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. And because mm-hmm. when I'm weak, then I'm, and that, isn't that amazing? But aren't you glad that chapter's in the Bible? <laughs> Absolutely. I was recently in um, Psalm 136 that, you know, has the, and his steadfast love endures forever. And I, I read through everything that preceded that. And some yeah. of them are beautiful things like creation, but some of them aren't so pretty. And his, they still are out of his steadfast mm-hmm. love for us and to yeah. remember everlasting steadfast love in the midst of whatever it is. And just to hold on like Job had to, you know, to just say, God, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. God, mm-hmm. give us all, you know, all that ability, each one of us, that ability to never give up trusting God who, who paid the ultimate price so that we could be adopted into his family. So, yeah, that's a tough one. So, you know, I've never, I've mentioned before, I've never either been to either South Dakota or North Dakota. I've been to, I think, every other state in the union, but those are two I've missed for some crazy reason. No, I've not been to Alaska either, I will admit. No. <laughs> well, I don't think you're alone. <laughs> so... We're a little bit off the beaten path, but we love it here. <laughs> but tell me about the spiritual climate in, in your area, at least. Is it close to, say, revival, or is it more just laid back and everything's fine here? Because that's pretty much, regrettably, what we experience here in, in western Michigan. It's just, oh, you know, we're fine. You know, we do our church thing, and we could just get rid of this COVID uh, business. We'll go back to normal and we'll be fine. Well, what's, what's it like in, in your area? Well, I certainly think there's, there's an element of just what you said. I don't know that we're on the verge of revival, but I, I'm probably so encouraged because I meet with these people who are in prayer and I, we keep getting evidence and finding out about other pockets who are in prayer and that's exciting. We deal, you know, when we've prayed about it, we feel like one of the primary things in our area is more of a religious spirit um, that we deal with, that not the real relationship. I think we're um, maybe in this part of the country, there's more people in church, although we are also having some of that exodus of people feeling the need to to meet corporately, but um, not necessarily knowing what it means to have a personal relationship. And so that obviously has to happen before revival comes. Oh, for sure. We'll never bring revival. Relationship will. Yeah. So you have, you've brought together, you know, people from different denominations. And so has that been challenging or are people eager to, to unite? Because again, we, in our area, uh, it's challenging, you know, especially the mega churches. I mean, we got it all together. We don't really need this associate with these others. Plus we differ on some of these details of theology when reality, I mean, the majority of the, of the folks are, are truly born again. I mean, they've, they've, you know, Jesus Christ is, is their means through faith, the grace of God through Jesus Christ alone for salvation. I mean, they believe that. So if so, we are brothers and sisters forever, mm-hmm. but the unity piece uh, is it, not gone so well. And, and, and that's, and, you know, Jesus prays three times in four verses in John 17, that we be one. He's referring to us, you know, and we, we seem to resist it. But how about in your area? Is unity an easy thing to come by or, or not so easy? 
I think we have some challenges. We have uh, a couple of things that are unique, which is wonderful. Um, first of all, I mean, God handpicked the women who came together. So sure. when we came together, we all came together with that heart. Okay. So we didn't have any of those barriers to break through because, mm-hmm. I mean, literally he kind of just laid these women's names on my heart and I'm calling saying, this is what I feel like we're to do. Are you interested? And so um, who came was there. The other thing that's beautiful in our community, we have a pastoral group that has met for years and years in Mm -hmm. our city of pastors from various denominations who meet together once a week. So our leaders have maintained that. Um, and so I think that helps our particular community because they really do like support one another and build one another up. And I think we've got some close relationships from pastor to pastor where they mm. um, support one another. And, and that's obviously key um, with leadership, taking that uh, stance and that seeing that as an important thing. Do you have any idea how that got going, how that got started initially, the pastors coming together? I do not. I know there was um, just a couple of key pastors, but I don't know what led them way back when. And um, I mean, it's been in place. Like I said, we've been meeting with, I've been meeting with these women eight years and it had been meeting for several years before that. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the roots of that, but beautiful. Thing. Approximately how big is your group that meets weekly? You know, we, it's been a small group. We started out with more. Some have moved away in different good. things. We've yep. got about um, six of us that yeah, still, yeah. that's good. Still regularly. What, what, uh, you know, Aberdeen, what would be the population of your overall geographical area there? Approximately. Well, we've got 25,000 okay. um, who live in the city and then right. we're definitely an agricultural area. Sure. So multiple small towns. So mm-hmm. honestly, when we pray for the church of Aberdeen, mm-hmm. we really yeah. pray for that Aberdeen area mm-hmm. because we expand beyond that as far as this being a hub mm-hmm. for shopping, those kinds of things. Yeah. So we're, but we're the third largest uh, city in South Dakota. So that gives you some context. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've never gone there. I don't know, but I do want to get there sometime. I understand you've got this rock formation with faces on it somewhere in South Dakota. Uh, yeah, is, the is Western South Dakota and the Black Hills are are absolutely beautiful. I, I We almost went there when we were on a trip to Colorado, but I think I came down with a fever or something and we decided not to you know, journey up that direction in our trip back to uh, Michigan, but uh, uh, that's exciting. So you really have a heart, obviously, for women to get closer to the Lord, because that's where you've gone. And again, I commend you for that. Let's say that you had an opportunity to speak to a large number of women, even through this podcast, um, and, and women that are a little bit maybe on the fence, you know, I mean, I, I'm, they're pursuing maybe career and relationships and whatever. And oh, yeah, also, I'm a Christian, but not really giving a priority to that. Well, speak to them. Let's just say you had an opportunity to, to kind of direct them one on one. What would you want to say? I I think we just come back to, we have been given this incredible gift. We have a creator God 
who actually also like just has an incredible love for his creation. Mm -hmm. And he brings us this gift um, that is just for the receiving. Um, that's all there is to it. And we're missing, we're missing the point um, of life in general. If we, if we turn away from that. And when I'm, when I'm meeting with women, like I'm doing this Bible study with women who haven't been in the word. And it's like, this is the, this is an invitation. Like mm -hmm. he has given us his word yeah. so we could come to know him. And as we come to know him, then we can trust him. You know, we talk about trusting, you know, God's trustworthy, all mm -hmm. those things. Well, mm -hmm. who are we ever going to trust in any relationship unless we know them? Like we don't trust anyone automatically. We have to get to know their character. We have to know mm -hmm. who they are. Mm -hmm. How do we come to know God? Yeah. And just that encouragement to get into the word, to spend some time alone with him, mm -hmm. begin to pray because prayer and his word are the two ways that we get to know him. Yeah. Once you begin to get to know him, he does all, he does all the work of it. Really. Once again, we have to just have to show up mm -hmm. and allow him um, to do it. And it's indescribable what happens after that, yeah. but we just have to be open yeah, yeah. St. Augustine, you know, said that you made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. Pascal, the, the great mathematician, scientist, he just said we have this God-shaped vacuum and nothing else going to fill it. I mean, nothing. I mean, you can have any relation, any dollars, vacation, nothing can fill that need we have for our creator. And as we get to know him through his word, through prayer, through fellowship with others, um, that, that's, that's the sweetest part of life. So that's, that's, that's just, yeah, that's really, really great. I love that. Well, you know, the, the overall theme of, of these podcasts is, you know, what's God saying? What's he trying to say to the American church? How would you respond to that? What would, what would he want to say? What would he want to direct to the church as you know it, whether it's South Dakota, but even more broadly, you, you connected mm -hmm. to Christians around the country. What, what, is, what would God want to say to the American church? Well, I think as we've been praying for eight years, that's one of the main things we've been called to is to pray for the church and not just us right yeah. here, but across this state, across this nation. And in the course of it, um, we certainly have felt like there was, we've been asleep. Yeah. Now, the last couple of years, we feel like there's a waking up of the church. Certainly, definitely, there are people who are feeling called to prayer right now. I think mm -hmm. hearts are being awakened. But when the, ba when the baby sleeping in the cradle wakes up, we still have a baby. And the desire to, we need to grow up. <laughs> and I think he's just calling us not to be an immature church, but to grow in him. And, and how do we do that? Um, what, what, how do we grow, um, in our faith? And, you know, we begin, we talked about the word, I think on the most part, the American church is, uh, I heard a speaker talk about a biblically illiterate church and that yes. just rang true in my soul. We, we've been relying on our pastors to feed, spoon feed us the word. And, um, he's just calling to us to feast on that word mm -hmm. in our private time. Yeah. I see in the most part, um, we are not a house of prayer as yeah. we have been called to be. Yes. And so 
you know, what is the most poorly attended meeting of a church as we meet as new, a number of denominations when we come together? We, we see that um, mm -hmm. as evidenced, you know, throw a party, have a picnic. They show up in droves, have a prayer meeting. Maybe there's a crisis, but then as soon as the crisis passes, it wanes. That's right. That's right. And so, just being called to come together and and pray. Um, and when we pray, the real question is: Are we there just to talk to him and ask for things, or are we there to listen? Oh, I love and it. And to listen to what he has to say to us, because I think he we know he has a lot to say to us. Um, but will we, um, will we listen instead of do all the talking, uh, dialogue is always a two-way conversation That's and we can't go to God with a monologue and expect to receive anything from him. That's good. And, and I just see in today's world, we need to be praying for spiritual discernment. We live in a culture where truth is getting really difficult. To discern, and we've been told in scripture that God's own people would be deceived. Mm. Um, and so we have to, and we can't look around and say they're being deceived, but of course I'm not. Right. I think we have to be always, always opening ourselves up and seeking Him and asking for that discernment in every moment of every day. Um, as the darkness continues, and I don't know that anybody in the Church of America today can believes that there is an increasing darkness. Um, but what do we do with that? And we have to have spiritual discernment in that. Just mm. absolutely. Because revival, when we pray for it, we desire it. We have to remember how does that happen? Because scripture doesn't tell us any other way except in each individual heart. Mm -hmm. So that means if revival is going to come, I, my role is right here in my own heart. And um, that's the path to revival. That's good. Amen. Amen. I love it. Totally agree. Thank you. Why don't you uh, close us in prayer? Okay. Oh, Father God, we are so grateful that you are a loving Heavenly Father who loves us with an everlasting love. Father, mm. you love your church. Yes. You love your people. And in the midst of whatever mess that we're in, um, wherever we've stumbled, wherever we've fallen asleep, mm. you still come to us and your, your heart's desire is to seek us out and to draw us close to you. Father, I pray that every individual heart would respond to your invitation. Father God, that we would receive from you your leading and that we would be quick to respond, that we would surrender our own agendas. Um, to yours. Lord, that is when unity comes in the body, which um, as pointed out in, in the book of John, Jesus' final words is to call us to unity, but we cannot do that unless we're surrendered to your will. Each and every one of us will come alongside each other. Lord, um, grow us up, help us to want you more than we want anything else. Lord, renew our hearts, renew our spirits. And Father, we do pray that you would move in a mighty way across this nation, first among your people and then among the lost. Yes, we Lord. pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Diane, thank you. Thanks for sharing your thank heart and just for, again, your courage to step into it and uh, follow 
the Lord's prompting in your life. God richly bless you, your family, and your community there. And may the revival, let it start right there, right there in Aberdeen, and spread throughout the nation. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Randy, so much. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.